Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. I'm really interested with my guest today, Vana, because she is not someone that I actually know, which I always love about this podcast. It's a great opportunity for me to get to know people at the same time as all of you listening are getting to know uh, the guests as well. And what I do know is, is she's very much in the sustainability uh, space. And there's a lot of things that I know in business we need to learn about these days in that area. So I'm really interested to hear more about it. So uh, first things first, let me let you introduce yourself properly to the audience. Thank you, Anthony. It's great to be here. So my name is Ivana Jane. I'm the founder and CEO of Terran Industries. We effectively outsource your green transition. So acting as an outsourced sustainability team, we provide end-to-end strategic solutions from holistic strategies to supply chains, implementation, emissions reduction, and climate adaptation. So from everything you could possibly need in the climate, sustainability, and ESG space, we can do it with you and for you. And that is a lot. That's a lot of territory to cover. And and um, I, I'm, I'm really fascinated by this area because you know, it's obviously a growing area of concern in two in two respects. I mean, there's the obvious growing area of concern that we should be doing the right thing for the for the environment um, in lots of ways. But there's also the growing area of concern for business in needing to react because it, it's not something that can as easily be ignored as perhaps many would have done in the past. Yeah, absolutely, and. There's a lot of new regulations coming in. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people still see it as a tick the box uh, if they're not already the forward thinking ethically to reduce their environmental footprint type of personality, um, which is fine. The, the world world spins itself on having different personalities. It'd be boring if we're all the same. <laughs> but sustainability and ESG, it's an area for business that is actually beneficial to the bottom line. And that's a huge misconception that surrounds the industry at the moment is that sustainability solutions are more expensive when, in fact, they're either cost comparative or cheaper depending on the individual solution. So taking the time to actually implement the solutions and invest in future-proofing your business is a huge advantage to your bottom line. You reduce costs, you reduce overheads. Supply chain resilience is a huge aspect. And if you look at anything that today that's made of plastic, it's plastic is fossil fuels, which is a finite resource. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is future-proofing your supply chain in something that is actually regenerative. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. And I, I want to start with the simple part, though. Um, now, whilst I know about it only probably in recent times, to be fair, the uh, uh, an understanding of ESG, but it's one of those acronyms that people hear a lot about, and I'm not completely convinced that everybody actually knows what it what it stands for, let alone what it means. So, um, if I can if I can um, throw that huge task at you to to kind of unpack that a little bit first, so we can then go a little bit further. Absolutely. So ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. 
It's a global framework that encompasses everything within the businesses for environment, so your environmental footprint, how you behave with the world around you. Um, social is more community-based, socially ethically based, uh, doing the right thing by your cl clients, customers, employees. Governance is all the stakeholder side, so compliance uh, with law stakeholders, uh, how you interact with the well, stakeholders really is the, is the primary one for that. Um, but keeping in the boundaries of everything from geopolitics to what's going on on the, the ground level in le legally within communities as well. So how you interact with them, which actually then goes back to crossing over with the social. So a lot of the things with ESG, a lot of people look at them separately, whereas in fact they are all interconnected, which is why if you do one, it's economically beneficial to do all three. And I think that's that's the interesting part, isn't it? Because sustainability is not BS in the middle for anyone listening um, that didn't get that. But sustainability is something that kind of does flow across all the, all three of them, those aspects, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that you can't have one without the other. And everyone, I like, we're looking into one industry at the moment, which is very focused on the governance aspect because by nature of what they do, they have a huge negative impact on the environment. So they're trying to compensate by going by the book on the governance. But it doesn't really balance out. And it's very interesting having those conversations because they cross over to the point where the, even the little details of each category interact with all the details of the other. Yeah, and I think that's it. it I suppose that's the interesting thing here is that you've got businesses that know they need to go into this space because of all of the regulations and things that, that exist there, but go in with, as you say, an attitude that perhaps it's going to end up costing them more, which actually it does. That's not completely true, particularly when you look at the whole whole space and, and all of that in one go, but it is a big undertaking and it's not something this is not a five-minute exercise in working with a business to to unpack this and say magically now you've ticked that box it's there's quite a lot of effort and I think people perhaps underestimate the amount of work that's involved in and and the impact that that makes in actually doing that yeah, absolutely and that's one of the things we come across a lot a lot of people presume they can tick a few boxes and they're completely ESG compliant which is Quite frankly, impossible. Um, like with a okay, a sole trader, a micro business might have less things to do to meet the requirements. But realistically, it's it's a transition. Um, especially larger industries, multinationals, heavier industries, it can take years to strategically implement effective solutions throughout global operations. Uh, and a lot of that is due to the fact of how the industry was set up in the first place. And we work very closely with the import-export freight and logistics sectors. Now, that's uh, that industry is centuries old. Like they set up the way they were years and years ago, and that's just how their operations evolved. And they they evolved with their times. Like it's not something we can say, hey, you set up wrong in the first place. They were setting up in the most efficient means they knew possible at the time of setting up hundreds of years ago and that's no fault of their own i mean we can't turn around and blame our ancestors for being 
product of their time. I mean, that's just, that makes no sense. Mm. But it really comes down to adapting with the time and implementing new technologies as they come out. So having that transition there uh, over the time frame that will actually benefit the business and benefit the industry is most important. And that's why we do what we do. Our, our prime service is what we call sustainability as a service. So we work with businesses on a flat monthly retainer model to help them implement solutions over a time frame which actually benefits their business. Yeah, I so think that's such, a, such an important idea, isn't it? Like, Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So that is where the important Absolutely. idea is. is to, it has to work with their business as well because it's if, if this was just being thrust upon them, you'd send a lot of businesses broke very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And it is one of those things. It is investing in the future. It's investing in the economic sustainability of your business, to put sustainability on the term that most businesses are familiar with. And having that ongoing implementation is something that they can strategically execute solutions at the time frame which would be most beneficial. You know, we often start with a, a few small, quick, easy wins. Like a lot of people can be scared of sustainability. It's too big. It's too complicated. I don't know where to start. It's like, okay, start with the small things. <laughs> that way, like having a few small, quick, easy changes that don't affect the operations. That, that's the other thing that people are scared of. Sustainability will disrupt their entire operations and they won't be able to do anything. But having those small, easy, quick wins first allow some sustainability solutions to be implemented that people realise, like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Okay, what else can we do? So after we start with the uh, client, we'll start with quick, easy wins, and then we'll look at okay, where what's their biggest pain point in sustainability? What's their biggest environmental impact at the moment? So we, we start on that project and we'll work with them. We provide project management and implementation support. We'll work with whichever departments are needed within the client's organisation and help them strategically execute a more sustainable solution to that particular pain point. And once that project's been completed, we'll start on another one. So it is that one-at-a-time approach rather than disrupting everything all at once because that, I think, in any change management organisation, doing too much at once, it can be catastrophic. So let me ask, there's two questions I wanted to ask you about all of this, but the first one is is really that if you're coming into a into a business how is it that you know? I mean, well, because you wouldn't know more about that business than than the actual uh, business itself. So your expertise is really in trying to find the sustainability part about it, about all of that. So, so you're very much working with businesses, aren't you? This is not a case of you come in and you'll just do it all. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, they they know that their business is better than we do. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. I'm not going to pretend I know the ins and outs of an industry I'm not familiar with, but I can identify sustainability pain points and how to reduce the impact. So what, one of the, the other thing we do when we start with a business is to collect the data on where they are in their sustainability journey. So we've developed a couple of tools to figure that out. So first thing we do we have a sustainability self-assessment tool. It's simple, easy, 13 questions, multiple choice. Um, easy, quick, anyone can fill it out in a few minutes. So that's the first part. After that, we have also developed our own impact measurement framework, which is a 42-point implementation 
measurement system to see exactly where a business is in that particular point of their sustainability journey uh, and what it, how it interacts with the business. So I'm not sure if, if you're familiar with the sustainable development goals implemented by the United Nations in the Paris Agreement, but we've based our framework in a similar style to that. Right. I, I don't know it as intimately as you would more uh, for sure, and I'm sure I can speak on behalf of, of all of our uh, people listening in that they're probably feeling the same way. But um, but but certainly, I mean, the, the principle of basing it on something that's been sanctioned by the by the UN is 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 a solid foundation from which to begin on. Yeah, absolutely, and the the great thing about the United Nations, they've done a lot of work already as to what can be done and the solutions that are available. So taking the data they have developed over the last several years. And we take that data and look at it to how it could be implemented within a business. Yes, absolutely. Um, now, I wanted to ask you as well, because I guess we've been talking largely about bigger businesses, employing lots of people and potentially even global businesses. And and the obvious thing with a lot of this stuff is that that it is really geared particularly around businesses where they are having an impact in producing materials and things that have an impact on the environment. But what about the other extreme? I mean, because you kind of, you mentioned sole traders as well. What about where you've got smaller businesses that might be one person, it might be only a small group of people, and they may not even be in some, they may be more service provision than anything else. There's still things that can be done, aren't there, that that step them ahead of other of other businesses? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And sustainability is industry agnostic. Um, yes, a smaller service business will have less of an environmental footprint than a freight business. Um, but every little bit counts. I think when, like, as I mentioned before, when we start with the business, we look at a few small quick wins. A lot of that is basic eco-friendly supply chain replacements or product replacements. The, Look around on your desk at the moment. Your the pens you have on your desk are probably made of plastic. I'm looking around. I'm looking around, and people can't tell can't tell that because, um, uh, you know, um, but but yes, I'm looking around, and I can absolutely see lots of um of plastic sitting here. So I'm totally. Yeah, I, I can guarantee you, we can find an eco friendly alternative to every plastic item on your desk. Yeah, and that's and, and even that alone is is such an amazing thing to be thinking about because we all I, I guess we um you know um we're all involved in things and buying the little it's the little things that we buy every day like you said it's it's pens you know when we order the pens do we think about that um and I guess even that process of making that easier and something that is top of mind to think about that in itself can make a huge difference when you multiply that by the number of businesses that exist alone. Yeah, absolutely. Like no step is too small. No one action is too small. There's always a quick little easy win that you can do. And we like to think of sustainability as climbing a ladder. So one step at a time. You do take the first step, like swap over your pens, take the second step. Digital business cards are an amazing little gadget. 92% of business cards end up in landfill. So with a digital one, your details can go straight to your client's phone. It's little things like that. 
Yeah, it, it, it is. And that's, that is it. And I think I'm, I'm a, you know, certainly, um, and, and listeners will be familiar that I've mentioned this before that the, the, my business was based on the, on the idea that you can change the world by doing it one person at a time. And we enable other businesses to help them be able to do that. And, uh, and you're very much in a similar kind of mold in that respect. And it is those little decisions which make a huge difference when you multiply them. And it's funny because, um, I think that uh, most of us think, oh, surely that can't make much of a difference. But uh, but I always imagine back to um, uh, the days when banks used to charge to sort of there was a one or two cent charge every every transaction for something, and used to and, and no one used to worry much about it because you know it's just one or two cents, who cares, right? But that one or two cents multiplied by the hundreds of thousands of transactions being made on a daily basis suddenly becomes huge amounts of money over a year. Um, and and it's much the same idea as that. Those little bits and pieces can make a big difference. And I think, um, yeah, I guess that's the question: is is with someone on, in a smaller business like that, are there easy ways to implement those things themselves? Do they need a? Do they need someone like you to come on board and do that? What's the what's the best way of attacking that for those businesses? I mean, anyone can do it themselves if they've got the time to look into it. The advantage of businesses like ours is we've already done all the research. We know what's available. We know what their prices are. We know the best solution for your business. Once we sit down and get to know you, we get a feel of where you are in your business, what aspects you need, what supply chain issues you have. Even a one-man service provider, they've got some supply chain, even if it's... Business cards, notepads, rewritable notepads are another huge, amazing gadget out there which can save hundreds, thousands of people like notepads every day. So it's having that. So we save businesses time to the time they would spend researching, time they would spend implementing, time they would spend economizing. We already know the prices. We can have that information to you extremely quickly. And I think that's a, a huge advantage and um, anyone that is wanting to look into this space, that's, you know, it, it's something that should be easier. And I think it is, it's great that businesses like yours exist to be able to do that. Um, and, and speaking of which, I wanted to delve a little bit into because obviously this is a newish field in that um, uh, this whole idea has come to the forefront in you know, over the last, I, I guess, five, 10 years in particular. Um, but where did it all begin for you? What was, was this the area that you always wanted to go into? Where, how did, how did you find yourself in this space? Well, I had always been sustainability minded growing up. For me, it was second nature. When I entered the workforce in my early twenties, I realized other people didn't have a clue. And to me, it didn't seem logical. I mean, okay. Yes. I've always been someone who cares about the environment um a lot of people are but moving forward from that the idea of environmental destruction for the sake of simplifying profits and that's look at what's happening to climate change at the moment with climate change at the moment that's exactly how that got started because of people looking for profit over the long-term economic sustainability and it's, it reminds me of um, 
a comic that actually came out last year. They, a father and son just sitting in the middle of a chopped down wood forest, just lighting a fire over a can because that's all they've got left. Um, and the kid just asking his father, it's like, how did we, we come to this? And the father just basically says, well, we made a lot of money for shareholders. <laughs> it's yeah, quick it's- short-term economic insights for something that can just blow out of proportion. I and mean, look, look what's happening in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. It, the world is on fire, literally. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it, and it's it is these little things that are going to have a long term impact. And again, I think it's that's the hard part is is getting that perspective for people. Um, but I'm fascinated with all with all of that. So so how how is it is it for you? Was it just a generational thing? Was it because of what was happening in school or other or peers or how did you fall into that? How did you fall into line with that being such a passion of yours in the first place? Um, well, my mother was part of the hippie generation, so that was probably an influence. <laughs> <laughs> but just when I did enter the workforce, I was for a while I was at a company that claimed to be sustainable. But it was it was in the secondhand industry. There was a lot of donations coming in that that were being kept out of the landfill and they were being resold for charity. But at the end of the day, 70% of donations went to landfill. But the company prioritized and promoted what they were saving. And that's what we call greenwashing. And that's there's new regulations coming in about greenwashing at the moment as well. Like promoting saying you're doing something sustainable when in fact it's a cover-up for something that's even worse. And a loose sense of the terminology. There are a few different variations of it, but the um clothing giant H&M, for example, like they have, despite the ethical slave labor in their supply chain, they have implemented a buyback scheme so people can return their clothes to them when they don't need them anymore or don't want them anymore. Um, But it was actually recently revealed with that buyback scheme that those clothes just went to landfill or third world countries anyway or got burnt. So realistically, it didn't actually solve anything. The end of consumer thought they were doing something good by returning it, but the corporate at the other end just decided and was like, no, it's, it came back, not our problem anymore. We'll just get rid of it. And that, that's another huge example of greenwashing. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, um, it's not a new problem. Uh, and I think that's the, the hard thing is, is that I've noticed from a marketing perspective over the years, one of my biggest frustrations is people, um, fixate on what the message is that they want to deliver and then do whatever they can to make sure that that is deliverable. Uh, I know of one uh, business, and I won't name them, who do advertise a lot about their success rate. But I know that if you walk in the front door and you don't meet their criteria, they won't take the appointment so it doesn't actually officially land on their books. So to be able to say that they've got a, you know, whatever percentage success rate is based on them not only dealing with people that they want to deal with, which is just a matter of changing their messaging that that would be a lot more realistic, but it's much easier to say that. And I think this is exactly what you're talking about with the greenwashing is, is that people start off with a message that they want to deliver 
and do whatever they can to make sure that that message is is okay. And you know, we're, we're unfortunately we're littered with that in in media and things as well. That it's too often that we don't delve a little deeper. We get fixated on on a core message that may not be grounded in in a reality. And I, I think the other the other great example of that is is pick any election. Um, in the lead up to an election, we'll get fixated on swings on opin- in opinion polls. And there's been a 2% swing this way or that way. And when you look at the margin for error, and and I don't claim to be a mathematician, I'm far from it, but you talk to anyone that is, and you look at the margin for error and you go, there's nothing to report here. There is, there's just nothing there. And yet we get fixated on these things. And I think, again, it's the case of, of the messaging uh, that that comes across, and um, and and it's and it's endlessly fascinating about how different industries respond to different things. I you know one industry, of course, is the uh, the petrol um, industry, where we're fixated on the shifts in prices by cents on a day to day basis. There's no other industry that we have such a public view on. And and I remember years ago that you know there were people and I'm sure they still do that will drive a certain distance in order to get filled up at a cheaper rate, and when you actually work out how much they're saving per year versus how much they've actually spent on the drive, uh, and not let alone the damage to the environment, it just doesn't add up. Um, and yet people do it all the time. Um, it, it's a so I guess that's the, the that's the one other question that I wanted to ask you. How do you shift people's opinion that they need to focus on this? Because yes, there's government legislation which forces you to do a certain amount, but that's as you say, is not, doesn't impact everyone. The, you know, the small businesses out there that are that are service providers are not really being forced to do anything, and it's whether they care or don't care that governs it. But how do you actually make everyone care? There is another angle which can work for almost every business, and that's the marketing angle. Like while it like can often lead to accidental greenwashing, a lot of what's out there, like eighty eight percent of consumers will specifically choose environmental sustainable companies to buy from. and that number is growing higher every day. So if you want to actually, be seen as a green business and actually attract the consumers, growing number of consumers who will only source ethically, then you have to switch in order to actually stay alive to be able to serve those consumers. Yeah, I, I, I think that, the, the, marketing message is so, the marketing message mm. is so important. And I think that's one of the interesting things. And I've, I've been um, doing a little work, a little bit of work behind the scenes with someone who is very much in the ASG space. Uh, in a different area to what you're in, but what has fascinated the reason why where I'm working with him is because it's fascinating to me that even those that are going through and doing all of these things are not as necessarily marketing it, and they're even and and if they are, they're waiting till they get to the end. And as you say, it could be a five or ten year process before they can make the shifts that they need to make. That's a lot of time by not delivering any messages about the the good work and important work that you are doing, because I think there is this idea that either we've got whether we can say that we've got it solved or we don't say anything. But there is a lot that to be said about staying one step ahead and being very vocal about what you're doing, and it's such a great story to tell 
that um you know that's i i love work you know personally love working with those businesses that have got those stories to tell that are prepared to get out there and do it and we can help facilitate that delivery of messaging because there are some great stories out there and it doesn't have to be all done before you can tell them yeah absolutely and that that reflects a lot with what we do when it comes to emerging technologies as well like the best solution might not be available today but if you're consumers or your buyers can see that you're actually trying to make an impact you're still a step ahead of your competitor like even if the perfect solution isn't there yet you're still further ahead and you're further ahead as well to be able to get the next generation of sustainable technology before your competitor does and it's i mean that alone is a huge marketing advantage absolutely and i think that um you know, it, it started off with people sort of putting a little footer on the bottom of the emails um, about something that they were doing, and I think nobody ever looks at those. I mean, let's be realistic. We we um, we we all get way too many emails to be bothering reading what's in the footer. Now, in saying that, I definitely put things in the footer of my emails, and and I'm sure everybody listening in is doing exactly the same. And I'm not saying don't do it because the odd person will read it, but if that's the only message you're delivering around. Um, your contribution as far as um, uh, the environment, sustainability, et cetera, is concerned, then um, you're missing a trick. There's more to be, there's more to be said and um, there's more opportunity to attract those people that really value that. And, and if you think that people don't value it, that it's just a small percentage of people, then you're definitely missing a trick, right? Because it's not just a, I think that this idea that this was a very, you know, generation, base thing and that the older generations don't care is a misnomer yeah absolutely i know like there's plenty of people out there that's oh i'm doing this for my grandkids or i'm doing it for my kids like want to be able to make an impact like the people that aren't doing anything history will remember them poorly and history will name them and that's no argument there i mean that that's going to be fact one day now that's going to come down to what personal legacy you want to leave, not only for your family, but for the history books. Do you want to be seen as someone who's on the wrong side of history or do you want to actually make an impact and help stop climate change? I love all of that. Um, And I know we could talk for for ages more about all this because there's so many big issues, but there's one final question that I want to ask you that I that I do like to ask um, my guests uh, traditionally on the program is about that aha moment that people have when they start working with you and when does that happen for you and what is that kind of moment because I think I always believe that those moments if people got them and understood that they were going to have those moments that they're more likely to sign up um today and and so what where do you think that they that the lights switch on for them I think when most people realize that sustainability doesn't have to be complicated a lot of people see it as this thing that's too hard, too far out, too far away, but we simplify it. And one thing we've always said, like you focus on your business, we'll take care of your sustainability. I love that. That is a that is a great way to uh, to end this uh, most fascinating discussion. Um, as we always do, we're going to include lots of information in the show notes about how to reach out to you. 
and uh, and to find out more about um, all of the opportunities that people have to work with you. Thank you so much for the uh, endless amount of information that you've given across there. And I think if we can encourage, you know, one or two more businesses just to reach out and to do their little part, even if it is as simple as buying the right pens uh, next time around, that makes a huge difference. And if you can do that, then you start down that process. I think that's a, a huge win and something that hopefully we can get out of uh, this podcast. And and so if anyone does that, don't forget to to drop a drop us a message and let us know because that some of those little things are just as important as some of the big ones. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and stay tuned soon for the next episode of BizBytes. BizBytes is brought to you by ComTogether for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms. Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation.